Gentlemen, thank you for your time. Is that all? You're a non-believer. Why should we waste time on Kabuki? I don't know what that means. It means that you've already tried your plan and you're number four. You've enlisted my expertise and you've rejected it to go on the way you've been going. I'm not interested in that. You can understand. I don't think your three months or however many thousands of dollars entitles you to refocus the core of our business. Listen, I'm not here to tell you about Jesus. You already know about Jesus. Either he lives in your heart or he doesn't. Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. One Broken Cog, the hits just keep on coming. Boy, do we have an inspirational, value-packed episode for you. You know, COVID and being locked down at home stopped people in their tracks and forced them to adapt to uncomfortable situations. People started to collaborate and strategize. Some even took advantage of the opportunity and made life-changing decisions. Now, while most were whining and crying about change and uncertainty, my guest today sacked up and built a seven-figure PR agency in six months from home during COVID quarantine. It's remarkable. And he's going to share all the details with us. And who am I referring to? He's none other than the co-founder and COO of Otter PR, Mr. Scott Bartnick. Now, some background on Scott. He's a strong professional leader with a degree in industrial and systems engineering, specializing in public relations. Now, he's a serial entrepreneur, a published author, and successful business owner. He has extensive and diverse experience with e-commerce, consulting, operational excellence, of course, public relations, sales, and marketing. Now, Scott's works with large corporations to create new sales channels, build brand awareness, and increase credibility. And to date, he's helped over 300 brands grow their reach. Scott, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the One Broken Cog podcast. Hey, Brian. I'm really glad to be here. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. I'm excited to get going and start talking. No, I, you know, I'm excited myself. You've got such an awesome inspirational story and, you know, can't wait to hear it. You know, first and foremost, I mean, you built a $1.2 million yearly recurring revenue business in just six months done from home during COVID. It's remarkable. Walk me through this, maybe the how and the why the decision was made and the first steps you took to make this a reality. Yeah, of course. And when people hear that, they think it's amazing, but I've been in business and entrepreneurship and um, this kind of path for years. So I didn't just learn those skills overnight. Um, my background is I'm an engineer, so I worked for a Fortune 500 company for a couple of years. Really didn't love the path I was on. I was very happy with the company, but just didn't feel like I was following a passion or truly helping people. Um, so I started my own e-commerce business and kind of ran down that path. Uh, spent a year in Asia while working abroad, kind of living the Tim Ferriss work, four-hour workweek lifestyle, um, and then came back home. And right before COVID hit, a lot of my products were sourced from Asia, and so I would I saw kind of what was happening. Our supply chain was getting shut down and we were kind of worried about cash flow. I have a business partner with most of my businesses and very scared about the cash flow that was happening. We were in not debt, but we owed um, contracts. So we had contracts for over $150,000 for stuff that would only sell to live events. And that's how we had marketed and everything was contracted out that way. Um, so we knew we were about to be in a really big issue if it hit the US the way it hit uh, Asia. And so we kind of started working at other things we were really good at. We both own digital media marketing agencies in the past um, and kind of had them as side businesses and we're successful at that and use a lot of those tools for ourselves. And then we just sat down like, what are we really good at and how can we plug this cash flow issue for us? Um, and we had a lot of success with PR in the past and we had clients that we kind of didn't even realize how much PR we were doing until we really looked down and sat at it, sat down and decided that that was the path we're going to do. And so just about the time COVID started, we, we launched the, the PR firm and we pulled in a couple of clients from our old 
agencies at a really ridiculously cheap price and just got our case studies going. And then um, we had a really big home run case study and that really hit us off running. Once we, we had that, the New York Times, Forbes, all of those major sites. And we were able to put that all over our website and kind of boast the helping get a, a large company, some funding and things like that really helped us go to the next level very quickly. I love that. I really love it. You know, getting that early case study and having it really go out there and grab those other clients' attention. And it just, oh, it's like a snowball effect, right? It's like a domino effect. Everything kind of falls into place. I love that. Now, Scott, how much caffeine did you consume during this period? So funny thing, I actually have acid reflux, so I do my best not to have <laughs> caffeine. But today I had a whole bunch of caffeine. So I'm a little jittery. Um, but <laughs> on a day-to-day basis, I keep it to a minimum. Occasionally I'll do a little bit of pre-workout in the morning, but, um, Really, it's just trying to concentrate, and I'm a big believer in working out every day and eating healthy, and that kind of helps give me that natural energy to stay motivated. And then having a good business partner that when I am busy or really tired, and I look over and he's just working away, I'm like, oh shoot, I gotta continue to work. So there's that natural motivation there, just almost competition. I'm very, I'm a very competitive person, um, and so seeing someone outwork me and, and potentially do better than me almost pisses me off in a way that I want to go go beat them or at least being equal, if that makes sense. No, it does. I mean, being uh, competitive is actually healthy. It's, a, it's an amazing trait, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're in this business during these times. Now, you hired 30 contractors in a matter of weeks. It was unbelievable. The turnaround time was so fast. How did you go about doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. So we grew insanely quickly. Um, we Our first couple of hires were slow and we got to train them and onboard them. And then we just blew up in sales. And so we had to bring on a whole bunch of contractors. We actually used I'm sure what you're familiar with Upwork. We hired a lot of contractors through Upwork and trained them, onboarded them, kind of gave them one client at a time and got them used to it. And we were able to offload our quick growth to that. Uh, now we've actually gone back to a different direction and we are hiring full-time staff and training them and replacing those Upwork contractors because we found that they were not doing as good a job as our internal team. Um, but it did allow us to scale that quickly. And so now we, we've reduced the number of contractors that we have on like that. And almost 80% of our employees are that we brought on and they're full-time and they're, they're working more our model and not really considered a contractor. Um, so that's been a huge help in actually improving the service. Uh, but it was a great way to kind of help us rapidly scale and still provide a really good service with uh, publicists that have 20 plus years experience. And actually they taught us a lot and helped improve our process. So uh, it was a win-win for everyone, I think. No, it sounds like it for sure. So this was something where it wasn't like you're building an infrastructure up front and ready for this wave of sales that came in. It just kind of came in and you didn't realize it was going to come in. So you had to really quickly pivot and act fast and hire people in the interim and get them up to speed to service these accounts, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think most people are prepared for uh, their business to 5X overnight. We had about 50 new clients coming in three weeks. And before that, we had about 10 clients. Um, we probably oversold a little bit, but we actually did a really good job at um, retention and client satisfaction. Uh, so it all worked out, but it was a, a very scary process. And now we have an amazing team that's ready to scale quickly. And we're always hiring. We're hiring about one person a month, two people a month now. Um, we, we've kind of steadied the growth and tried to almost sadly kind of make it a little bit more of a steady curve up and just continue to make sure that we're giving that best service and really focused on keeping clients as long as possible and making sure that our satisfaction um, is as high as possible. Because at the end of the day, referrals and building a true business that's sellable and has value to uh, your clients and just to yourself is going to be making sure that you're taking care of your clients first. 
Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now we have a lot of entrepreneurs who are struggling right now with attracting top talent and they also struggle with churn. Uh, maybe you want to talk about a little bit of best practices for hiring great talent and maybe pulling the best out of your people that you currently have. Yeah, of course. So we don't actually hire for experience. We hire for personality. Um, so all our interviews, we're really focused on how do they communicate with us. And then we look at skills that can't be trained. So we had to make everyone do a writing sample for us. Uh, I feel that writing is one thing that I, I can't really train anyone on. If they can either write or they can't write. And with PR and, and media and advertising, writing is a big part of it. So we, we look at those two things and then we put them through a training program. And then we do a 90-day a kind of probational hire. So we'll start them off slow. We'll start them off at less pay. And we'll let them work up their way to where they are now. So our first uh, employee, I think, started at like $1,000 a month and uh, was half time and now she's running our entire PR firm or the, the whole entire team of publicists um, and her salary is obviously greatly in, increased from that. So we just kind of hire small and hope to work them up there. And then also with everything going on right now with COVID and everything, you can hire top talent at a discount. So we have some universal publicists and publicists that have worked for massive firms that uh, were furloughed. And so we, we went and, and found them and, and kind of scooped them up and are taking advantage of their resources and their skills and their talent and, and trying to pull them in as full time and, and really almost take advantage of the downturn to as one of the companies that's thriving to really bring in that top talent to make sure that our clients are getting the best service possible. I love it. It's such a breath of fresh air to hear that sometimes you're going after potential instead of experience. You know, we have a, a term here at One Broken Cog, it's talent over tenure. Sometimes people have a ton of experience, but it's best sometimes to make new professionals instead of hiring experienced professionals, if that makes sense. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that. Now, you brought in, you mentioned earlier, you had this big wave of sales come in. It was, it was a wonderful problem to have. And you brought on 100 active high-ticket clients. How did this happen? How did you go after these people? How did you land these early adopters? Yeah, of course. So we use a whole bunch of different forms of marketing. Uh, I mentioned that I've been in business for a long time. This is my business partner. So we had our own email list, which we um, reached out to. And then we use Instagram a lot for prospecting. So honestly, it was a mix of email marketing and just the right prospecting. And our prices were pretty affordable when we started off. So we, we started slow and we would just raise them as we realized we couldn't handle the, the load anymore. So we started at $500 a month. And that was pretty much all we were selling. And now our base package is 2000 Most of our clients come in at that 3000 to $5,000 range, uh, depending on what services they want. Uh, but the, the great part is we've increased our service to go with that. So it's not that we're just charging more money now. We're, we're also offering a lot more value behind it and do a lot more things for our clients. And um, with public relations and media, a lot of what you're paying for is actually the relationships that we've built. Uh, and that, that takes a lot of time. Uh, but a lot of placements are based off of relationships. So I'll call my friend and be like, Hey, um, let's get this person published here. I think it's a great story. And then sometimes I even have to do some kind of trade where I'll be like, okay, I'll publish him this time, but next time you got to do this for me. So it's all about that networking and really taking advantage. So when you're paying those high tickets, usually that's a lot of what you're paying for is that network itself. It's fantastic. Now I hear your average retention is over four months without any type of contracts and you put them in a month to month model. Maybe explain that a little bit. Yeah, so it's actually up to six months, which is silly because we're only about eight to nine months old. So that means most of those clients that we got in that, that huge curve, at least you're looking for ones, they're just not canceling. And that's just because we're doing our best off of the best service. We include guarantees in our service. And I think in any business, you got to look for that. So one of the reasons why we're modeled this way is 
Uh, myself and my business partner both used digital marketing agencies in the past when we were first getting started uh, for paid ads and social media and things like that. And they put us in a six month long contract and we had to pay X amount of money. And at the end of the day, we got no return. There was, I think, after my $10,000 with that company, I, I got like a couple blogs and one, one client. So for me, I never wanted to do that to another company, especially at that point, I had some cash flow issues and you can destroy a business and kind of even someone's life if you have them fail that bad and they don't have a way to make a way out because a lot of people view these companies as a magic bullet and PR can be a magic bullet, but we never sell that. So we have, I have one client that was in LA times last weekend. Um, she has an art gallery and basically her entire art gallery sold out. And so it's really exciting. That is a magic bullet, but uh, that's not something that's going to happen for most people. Most people are going to get some really good articles and get some press and get a couple clients from them. I was actually featured on Forbes today, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And I'm sure I'll get a couple clients for from that feature, but it's not going to be, I'm not going to get 10,000 new clients or anything like that. And some people just think that's how it works. And it, it really isn't. Uh, PR is more of a, a really strong branding place. So people are going to want to work with me now because I have the features. I'm on the podcast. I, they, I have proof of concept. Uh, and so that's really where we push. Now you guys have got a ton of great reviews. I mean, five star reviews on Google and other websites. How did you go about getting that? Was it organic? Did you go out and seek out these reviews? Maybe you explain, cause I know some people are struggling with this. They're really racking their brain around how do I bring in more reviews? Yeah, it's the same way we get clients. You have to be aggressive and you have to ask. We get on the phone we get someone a feature and then we call them two minutes later and say, Hey, so I really excited about your Yahoo art finance article. Like, can you leave us a review right now while I'm on the phone with you? And people are uncomfortable saying no. And uh, you have to be aggressive in your business to get new clients. I think a lot of people forget that marketing and actually building your business, especially on the B2B side, it's hand to hand combat in a sense where you're just going to go say, Hey, like we're doing a great job for you. Like, will you let other people know that we're doing a great job for you? And, and that's really the strategy we've used is, that. And it also helps us just because we're on the phone with our clients more. So they like the touches. So even though we're calling and asking for something, we're also telling them about this great news and everything that just happened for them. So it's, it's a win-win for everyone. And we just make sure to capitalize when we do have those successes for them. That's great. It's great advice. Now, a lot of people, you know, I've heard in the past about PR firms, you know, everybody wants one, but there's certain people that have a bad taste in their mouth for the PR industry. Is that because there's bad actors out there? Or is it because these people have unrealistic expectations? It's both. Uh, it's going to be, so not everyone is PR worthy. We turn down clients all the time. Uh, I would say what's unique about us and what helps that situation is we are month to month and in our proposal and contract, we guarantee publications of a certain level. So there are a lot of contracts and publicists that sign you on, work for you for three months and literally give you nothing or you end up in medium, which is awful. And I hear about that all the time and we're just not structured that way, but you, you do have to be careful. There are, it's not that they're bad apples that you just haven't given them a reason to work for you because you signed a, 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 you basically gave them full rights to do whatever they want. So for us, we actually give you a refund if we can't do what we said we were going to do. And that's because we believe so much in our, our, our work, but we also don't want to rip off any of our clients. Now, even clients that have been featured on Forbes and New York Times and things like that, sometimes they're still not happy. And it's because people think that there's some magic bullet to this. Again, like I, I mentioned before, but um, in most cases, when you do get those features, it has a big impact on your business and really helps with success. But you have to understand what PR is in the first place. And we do a lot of training with that on our clients. And really, PR is more on the branding aspect of it and helping you convert your current traffic into high ticket sales. Definitely. That's, that's what PR is in its essence. Who wouldn't be a good fit? 
if somebody called you today and said, listen, I'm interested in your services, maybe you take them through like a needs analysis or, or a discovery session, who wouldn't be a good fit for your services? Uh, yeah, so who wouldn't be a good fit? So it, it really just varies on what your goals are. So really people that aren't a good fit either have no story and aren't willing to help us work with them to create one. Um, a lot of people we worked with have been all the way as simple as an influencer. We worked with uh, people all the way down from an influencer who wanted to help grow their brand and potentially get verified. And so what we did, um, they didn't have any story. And so what we did is we got them involved with nonprofits and charities and ran PR around that and actually ran PR for the charity on their behalf. So it was a really cool way to get someone who doesn't really have a story into the media. I think that people that we don't like working with are people that don't understand what PR is going to do for them and really like expect, you know, they spend a thousand dollars with us. They're going to get a hundred thousand dollars in return kind of thing. And for the most part, um, PR can be a lead gen and there are obviously massive opportunities with PR, but most times it's really that branding play again and that conversion. And so we'll, we'll avoid clients like that. And we'll also avoid some, some political things that we just don't want to kind of touch and potentially we don't want to promote uh, what they're promoting. So we'll, we'll stay away from those as well. For sure. Now, I know you're a big proponent of the work-at-home model. You've embraced this. I know a lot of people are afraid of this. How are you taking advantage of it? How are you motivating your people virtually and getting the most out of them? Yeah, so we have most of our team is remote. Uh, we're about 15 in the Orlando area, and we'll bring them into the office once a week for lunch and some brainstorming, and then we do everything through Zoom. So the rest of our team is throughout the U.S., and we just do brainstorming, and uh, we've implemented an org structure like you would at a large corporation where um, everyone reports to one per one re manager has about four reports and they kind of report up there and that way there's a more of a community and they have people to work with and a team to work with so it's not like there's 30 people that are all kind of off on their own reporting to to me or my business partner they all have their small groups and they do their own meetings and their own training so it really starts taking on its own life once you give someone that power to be a leader in the company. And that's one of the ways we've really been able to increase the value of our service and um, just keep clients longer is everyone's working together and networking. And so when you get a publicist who has access to 30 other publicists and they get to use everyone's network, uh, usually people win. And so what's really what we try to do is we have a big database of all our relationships that people are willing to share. Uh, some publicists keep their relationships pretty close and that makes a lot of sense. You've built them over years, but um, as a company, a lot of our publicists will, sh will share their their relationships, and that way everyone can kind of tap in and get get those features and get those guarantees in there. Great, great. Now, Scott, what do you think is holding people back from doing what you did? That's a there's a massive fear of doing what I've done. Um, when I went through the process, I was petrified. I like I said, I worked for a Fortune 500 company making six figures. And uh, I read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and I decided that I need to change my life. But even when I was booking my one way ticket across the world, cause I was going straight to Asia um, to, to work over there. I, I was petrified. I had already started my business. I had already hit my goal. It was a simple goal of $10 a day, but my hand was shaking. I was on the phone with my friend. I was scared to do it. And that's just because it's a massive life decision. But luckily I had some support from friends. I had some past successes and I was able to comfortably do it. And, Honestly, as soon as I did it, I was so happy. It was the happiest I'd ever been. It was just that, that big change in my life. And so I think the, the scariest things are usually going to be worth it, but you've got to even potentially have friends or, or family to help push you through um, if that's truly what you want. 
What's your advice to any fledgling entrepreneur out there who's looking to start a business and just doesn't know where to turn or where to begin? What would you tell that person? I would say come up with a really good service. It can be as easy as website development. Anyone can sell a website um, and there's not a lot of technical skills that actually go with it. Some of the first jobs I got was Shopify development for friends and family. And I wouldn't charge much, but it was a learning experience. And I sold those through Upwork and Fiverr and freelancing sites. Didn't make a lot of money, but I learned a lot about the process and actually became really good at website development, which then led to me building my own websites and my own company and using any tool that I would do for a client and then turning around and doing it for me or vice versa. If I had just done something for me, I would do it for them. And so it was a great way to level up and, and really test out the process. And like I mentioned, I started off with e-commerce and really my first product was drop shipping just to, to learn. I didn't make any money from it, but I learned the process and my margins. I was making like, I think a dollar a sale um, and I wasn't good at marketing, but it, it's more of learning the process and understanding that you are able to go ahead and win. So easy wins are Amazon and eBay and services on Upwork and just get a couple clients and figure out what you're good at and if you even like it because it's, it's very different than working corporately. I, I work much longer hours. Um, I'm tired, but I, I do control my own schedule so I can go take two months off and do whatever I want. So there, there's a lot of pros and cons to it, but I would just say start small and, and work your way up. Now, you've had such an incredible journey uh, in the last nine to 10 months. What's the biggest, what's your biggest takeaway or learning from the last nine or 10 months of this amazing journey you've had? Uh, I don't even think I have a good answer for that. I think the biggest takeaway is just that if you continue to try and experiment and honestly invest in yourself and invest in your products, eventually it's going to work. But one big thing too is find a mentor, find someone who's already doing it. Even if it's just an online mentor, a class, a book, uh, these guys are super smart and they're trying to give back to the best of their ability. You won't get all of their secrets in their online courses, obviously, but um, there are some really good ones out there. There are some that rip you off, unfortunately. My first and, and most valuable online course was only a dollar. Um, it was an Amazon selling course and I went from $3,000 in monthly revenue to $30,000 a month revenue right after finishing the course, just because I re-optimized, changed my listing, did a whole bunch of things. And that one was, a, I believe it's called Brock Johnson's last Amazon course. Um, it might be $14 now, but nothing compared to these, these courses that are $10,000. Um, but it still made a massive difference in my business and taught me a new way of thinking. And so you just want to attach these thought leaders and entrepreneurs and learn how they're thinking and almost mimic them in a way until you have your own success and you can do your own spin and, and succeed. It's wonderful. Now there are certain people out there that really want to be found. They want to share their vision with the world, but they're kind of on the fence as far as PR goes. What would you say to those people that kind of change their mind and to have them embrace the idea of hiring someone like yourself in a PR firm to represent them? Yeah, of course. So there are certain times where PR is, is right for you and there's sometimes where it's not. So one of the clients we work with a lot is Kickstarters and that kind of style where they're launching a product, a product launch. And those campaigns usually run about three months and it's really focused on getting those logos, getting that brand awareness because what it does is it really helps with conversion. So you think about it, if you're able to drive 100 views to your site and you're getting less than a 1% conversion rate, that's terrible. But once you get this PR and we help you with recommend putting a video up there and you have people linking back and your SEO is increasing, your conversion rate's going to increase just by the, the logo being on your site uh, and a list of the article that's recommending your service. So 
that's an amazing time for PR. And then I would say the next really good time is once you've found some success and you're looking to take it to the next level. So not really when you're struggling to make ends meet, but once you have an extra couple thousand dollars coming in that you would like to reinvest into the business to help that conversion, to bring in new traffic and to really raise your prices. If you think about it, once you've been featured in Forbes and New York Times and Entrepreneur, you're going to be able to almost be a little cocky about your service and be like, listen, we're really good at what we do. This is the, all the people that are talking about our service. Like it, it's now double what it used to be. And we don't charge our old clients more, but we do, our prices are more than they, what they were six months ago. And that's just because we know we're providing a better service and we can prove it. And we have the reviews in the back to do that. And so that's when PR is really valuable is putting you out there and position yourself as what we like to call a thought leader. And a lot of people use that term, but um, that's my goal of being on this podcast and things like that is I'm not necessarily trying to sell my service. I'm trying to explain and give back to a community and help people become entrepreneurs and quit their job and travel the world and live a little bit of a better lifestyle. And so we help our clients do that as well. And what it does is it naturally brings clients to them because they'll connect with you in some way and they'll want to work with you. Absolutely. Scott, it's been fantastic. Any words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Yeah, I would just say start. I know I said it already, but start small, smart, start with something easy Photoshop. There are people that do Canva design. And if you don't know what Canva is, it's like Photoshop for uh, babies. It's really user friendly. It's drag and drop and people can make a couple hundred dollars a week just doing Canva designs. Uh, and there's so many easy ways and there, there should never really be an excuse on why you can't make a couple extra hundred bucks and try a different lifestyle. And I think that you should always have at least two sources of income and revenue to, to kind of take yourself to the next level and hopefully get more of a lifestyle that you're looking for. Definitely. Now, last question, Scott, it's just a personal question. So the audience can get to know you a little bit better. You're on an Island for the rest of your life. You can only bring one book, one movie and one album. What would they be? Okay. So the book I already mentioned was Tim Ferriss, the, the four hour work week that, that book really changed my life. Um, movie. I don't have an answer for you. I, I really don't watch that many movies. And if I do, I'm not too focused on it. I'll have my laptop on my, on my desk. I think that a lot of resources are going to come from books that you read. Um, so I would focus on that. And same with albums. Uh, I, I listen to a lot of EDM music. My first business was actually focused around uh, live events and EDM, but I, I really can't pick out an album for you, but I would say really stick to books, stick to podcasts, find, find ways to build, build your value. So if I just had that one book, um, I'd be good. Nice. Now, Scott, how do we get in touch with you? How do people connect to you and Otter PR? Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at found Scott. That's F A U sorry, F O U N D S C O T T. Um, I respond to all my DMS personally. So you'll get me actually, that's the easiest way to get in touch with me directly. And then if you're interested in Otter PR, that's otterpr.com, O T T E R P R.com. Scott, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining. It's been a, a great journey and I know that you have big things yet to come. So I'm excited to see your growth uh, from an outside perspective. Have a wonderful rest of the day and uh, I'll definitely stay in touch. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Anytime. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.